Hey, this is Rob Moreira, the voice of Yukimaru from Fena Pirate Princess, voice of Mika in Genshin Impact, and the voice of Zheng Bao from Wolong Fallen Dynasty, and you're watching the Points of Experience podcast on YouTube or Spotify. Today is going to be a really, really fun episode because someone who is... What I just kind of found out through the episode, I had my suspicions, but it's, it's, I felt like I was talking to another version of myself in a way. Someone with a very similar energy and thirst for life and finding their way and their uh, success a little bit uh, later in life through, you know, just pure tenacity and love for it. And uh, Rob, Rob Moreira, he is a fantastic voice actor. He has done the titles he had just mentioned, but you all are probably getting to know him from Mika and Genshin Impact, which is soon to be released. And when I found out that Rob booked this role, I couldn't have been more ecstatic for him because he, uh, the range that he has is so apparent when you get to hear him and just his personality and who he is versus the character that Mika is. Um, it's it's just a really... It just shows that there's so many talented people who you don't really know what they are capable of till, until they're given that opportunity to showcase it. And he talks about how this came through for him and he was just kind of like, I don't think I'm going to get this and then just went for it and lo and behold, you're the person that books it. Um, we talk about him starting off in his career going to LaGuardia High School, which is a very popular performing arts high school and uh, kind of the perception he had of what life would be like after going through this conservatory high school program into navigating life after school, so to speak, and getting a, a nine to five job and figuring out classes and workshops and finding his niche specifically in uh, what would be his bilingual voiceover career, uh, doing commercials and promos and working the gamut of things and getting kind of into this industry in an unconventional way, kind of listening to people's advice and saying, I don't know if that necessarily applies for me. I know you're saying this is the golden rule, but I think I might be an exception, like many of you might be. And I preface this by saying there are rules to be followed to a certain degree, but sometimes you have to be able to showcase what's really great about you in an unconventional way, and you should dare to try something a little different. And, um, you know... I heed my caution with this, and this applies to very specific things like, um, you know, the way you present yourself in, in voiceover. You know, sometimes we get so scared about following all these rules that sometimes it's other actors that have created for us that we we don't uh, dare to be our most authentic self. And uh, you'll hear about that for Rob in just a little bit. But without further ado, we got Rob Moreira on the Points of Experience podcast. Rob, thank you so much for coming on, dude. It is a pleasure, again, like I just said before, to meet you face-to-face. <laughs> -face. It's a, it's such an interesting world we live in because I feel like, um, especially because you're from New York and I, yeah. I I was in New York as well, um, that we hadn't run into each other in the face-to-face -face prior, which is yeah, kind of really. crazy. I well, know. maybe we have. Maybe it is possible we did and we didn't know it. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure, There's so many times where it's like, man, I think I've seen you before. I'm sure we've 
we must have at least yeah. once or twice. <laughs> New, like L.A., I've realized is a very small town, but New York too. In the voiceover scene, it is. It's kind of even more niche yeah. and small when you get into the nitty gritty of it. Absolutely. Um, and that's like one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on because, and I'll I'll start off with this before we get into you. One of the yeah. things that I found really early in my career was um, the voice actors of New York City, and oh, yeah. you've been a very prominent figure in that. Always kind of, you know, leaving advice and and interacting with people, and I was always whether actually myself interacting or just <laughs> passively like I'm taking that I'm taking that yeah, I'm taking that yeah. you know <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it's a great it's a great group especially for that it's like you know what I don't even have questions there's just a lot of great info here just to like yeah. you know t- t- take and like file away for later for sure it is. It's. It's been. There's been so many resources, whether it's been coaches or just do's and do nots. I mean, yeah. we could. We'll get into that, and the list will go on. But that's. You know, you're someone I've known about, and I, I've been really excited for you and all the success that you've been having in other fields because you have been killing it prior to like these last few years. But I think a lot of people are finally getting to to know you, like, and, like and, know and, who and, I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm really excited to jump into that. I would love to start from the beginning in any way, yeah. shape, or form because um, how like people's origin stories always are different. I think mm. um, I, I think did you grow up in New York City or I the did. surrounding area? Yeah, born and raised, born and raised in Queens, New York, Forest Hills specifically. Okay, I, grew up I was in Forest Hills, went there, and then I and then I went to high school in the city. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a city kid. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was I was Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. So oh, nice. Garrett's, okay. Garrison yeah, Beach. Yeah, that's Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so when so for you, you 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 grew up in, in Queens, mm-hmm. you were going to school in the city. At what point yeah. in your life did kind of either entertainment, acting, performing, that relationship enter into your life? It, it was interesting because um, when I first when I went to junior high school, it was actually really cool because like my zone junior high school, they had this thing where in sixth grade you have to do four different types of courses to figure out what classes you're going to be taking, like what your studio is going to be for the next three years for uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Mm. So you had to do you had to take drama, you had to do music, you had to do art, and you had to do some like random media thing. And I remember my brother telling me it was and it's funny how it's like the smallest nudge like sets off this crazy domino react like effect for your entire life. And I remember because my brother, he's six years older than I am. So he had been to the school. He took all the classes. He knew what was what. And he told me he was uh, I, I was really excited about doing art. I loved drawing. I was really big into illustration. And he told me, he was like, you know what? Maybe you should do drama. Like, I hear it's really simple. And you're really funny. I think you'd really get it. I think you'd enjoy it. And I was like, (laughs) all right, I guess, whatever. So I went through sixth grade. And then when sixth grade uh, finished and and I had done all the all the courses I was supposed to take, after doing drama, I was like, man, that actually really was kind of fun. And then I did it just kind of as a whatever decision, something that seemed cool. But by eighth grade, I was like, man, I really wanted, I really am enjoying this. Hmm. But again, it was through that outside voice that I ended up pursuing it even further. My drama teacher at the time, Adrienne Gelfand, amazing woman. I'm still friends with her on Facebook and she's just amazed at everything that I've been doing because she remembers me at 13 and 14 
doing these monologues and these small little scenes in her class to now seeing me book these jobs. It's like she's getting to see my whole career from that from then to now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and she was the one that told me she was like, hey, listen, um, I think you should really check out the LaGuardia High School of Performing Arts. I think you have a really good chance. You have a really good uh, affinity for acting. You have really great natural raw talent. I think you have a shot. And me being the teenager, I was like, eh, I guess, whatever. You know, you know, you know. I don't take it serious. I wasn't taking it seriously. Like, I like the idea, but I wasn't the serious actor. I'm a teenager. What do I know, right? Yeah. And then um, she actually had a student, an old student of hers from LaGuardia, come in to talk to us because I was part of the drama club. And then the student, she came to me after, like, we had done some skits and improv games or whatever. She came to me and she was like, you know, I just wanted to talk to you personally and just kind of let you know, if you humor going to LaGuardia, I think you have a really good shot. And it was just all these voices kind of telling me, like, do this thing. Yeah. Try it out. And I was like, all right, I guess I will. Now, at the time, I'm aging myself here, but at the time, my junior high school still had ninth grade. Um, but <laughs> it was the first year that you could go to ninth grade at a high school if you wanted to. They actually had that option. So mm. it was like finish junior high school in ninth grade or go to ninth grade in high school so you could leave ju junior high early, basically. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I, I potentially have another year in junior high should things not pan out. Let me audition for LaGuardia, you know, during eighth grade and see if I get in. You know, wow. other people were trying for several high schools there. It was like it was like going through college. What's your safety school? I was like, yeah. listen, I'm going for one and I'm just seeing what happens. <laughs> and I got in and it was I was like, oh, snap. All right. I guess I guess I'm doing this. I guess this is what's happening. I guess this is how my life is going. And that was probably the best half-assed decision I think I've ever done. It's super I, – I feel mature of you at that time to even – because I, I think of myself back in eighth grade and it's like if somebody said, do you want to like try out for a school or thing, I'd be like, what? Whatever. <laughs> this is all yeah. taken care of for me. Like, you know, I go from here to here. Yeah, My mom sure. and dad figure this out, whatever. That's such yeah. a – I think, first of all, you had the talent to get in, so you must have had a little bit of a push to be like, okay, maybe this is the right path for me. Yeah, for sure. But do you remember what that process was to get into the school? Because for people Ooh, who don't yeah. know, LaGuardia is very famous for a lot of, uh, I don't want to say like child stars that come out of there, but I think Timothy Chalamet came out of there yeah, most recently. Yeah, Timothy and, Chalamet like, was probably the, the, probably the latest big name to come out of the school. But like, yeah. if we were to backtrack, um, uh, a couple of people that went, uh, Jennifer Aniston was really big there, actually mm -hmm. had one of her teachers, wow. which is really funny. Uh, he's like this really hardcore Stanislavski, like Russian, like drama teacher. So he's like super serious. <laughs> At eighth so, grade, you must be like, what? Uh, yeah, so it, it was wild. And it was funny because I think we're, uh, it was probably sophomore, junior year, me and my buddies, um, we were like, should we ask him about like Jennifer? Should we ask him like just to see, just see what he says? Yeah. So we went to him. We we're like, Mister, you see him. This was his name, Marat. You see him, Mister. You see him. You taught Jennifer Aniston, and he went, "Oh yes." <laughs> that was his reaction. <laughs> so then we were kind of like, "What did you think of her? Like, did you think she was gonna be this like star?" And he was like, "Very pretty, very little talent," and that's all he had to say. <laughs> 
Dude, I was dying. I was dying. That's so, like, I, I feel like that's a very genuine question in a way, too, because you yeah. want to know where did that, where does that kind of spark start for people? Because I don't think that a lot of people, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying this about myself that I'm in any capacity <laughs> anywhere near Jennifer Aniston, but I don't think I had an ounce of talent when I was, like, first starting out. I think I had raw passion. Yeah. and right. I had, real like desire to learn and get better but i don't think i think it took me a while so were you kind of that same way too did you oh for sure yeah 100 percent. like i i i had that raw energy and i feel like that separate like there there is this there, there i feel like there's two kinds of actors there are those actors that are just so well trained that they didn't they didn't necessarily have that raw acting energy but they got mm. so well trained they became really good at the craft and then you have the raw energy folks like you and I that I feel like we had that thing and it just had to kind of be directed appropriately before we finally landed on like it, it's it's almost like we're, we're we're like a river with no you know with no embankment or anything and we just yeah. needed to like kind of be brought into in, into place so that we can channel that energy in one area and i feel like i had a lot of different aha moments where i i i realized in myself and in my craft oh i get it this is what acting is. Ah, now I understand. And I feel like every actor, at least in our respect, we have several moments of that in our career. Like we mm-hmm. never go, oh, I get it. And now we're masters of the craft. Like it's not that. It's like, oh, I get it right now. And then you keep going and then you hit that next aha moment. You're like, oh, now, now I get it. Now I get it. And then it'll happen again, like five years later. And you're like, Oh, now I get it's a constant learning process. And, and yeah, like right now I'm very good at what I know. And I think what makes me a great talent is that I also know where I'm weakest at. And I Mm. constantly work at that. I am not a perfect actor. I know what I'm not good at. And I work at those things to get better because I try to be as versatile and as well-rounded as possible. Um, But I know my weaknesses. I'm very self-aware. I will try them. I won't shoot myself in the foot. I always let them tell me no. But I'm very, I know what I'm great at. I know what I can nail and I know which ones I'm definitely shooting my shot at. (laughs) Do you, can you, can you unpack that a little bit for me? What do you feel like you have in terms of your strengths and what do you think the things that you are like, okay, maybe this isn't my, my strengths, but I can give it a shot or it's my, if you want to define it as your weakness, what do you, how do you categorize those things for yourself? It's it's actually very interesting and anybody listening is going to be like, wait, what? But like commercial, that's. That's my bag. Being the conversational, cool, regular guy is super easy (laughs) because as difficult because that is difficult. That is very difficult to nail because you can speak to someone pretty regularly. And then when they tell you, "Okay, talk like a regular person, your actor brain shuts that part of your brain (laughs) off for some reason. And you're like. How do I just be me? I don't, I don't, um, I must perform. I am an actor. Yeah. You know? So um, I got really good at switching that off, you know, switching that part of my brain back on when I act. So um, I got really lucky in that regard. Um, so that I would say is my strongest is really being myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I feel like I am the weakest is surprisingly doing animation and video game characters, which is what I seem to be 
obviously announcing very regularly as of late. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it's kind of funny. But um, yeah, that's that. Or and if it, it's maybe not that that is where I am weakest, but that's where I feel maybe the most self conscious. Sure. And uh, you I, know, and this is so. And I'm really happy we're having this conversation because I mm-hmm. feel like, and this is the thing that I felt when I was living in New York. I felt like there was a little bit of a lack of opportunity in that regard for animation, video games, yeah. um, anime. I felt like it was I was navigating a world where if you didn't know like the one or two people who cared about that or cared about you in New York to give you those opportunities, you yeah. just weren't getting them. And that was what yeah. inspired my move to L.A. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I moved right before the pandemic happened. And oh. then it's like, oh, I moved in 2020. Uh, I, I finally like touched down. I had to go move back or I moved January 1st, 2020 Get to LA, out of drove here. cross country. And <sighs> then January 5th is when we got here about a week or two later, I had to come back to New York because I was doing a multi-record audiobook with Audible okay. and I was doing a TV series that I was here for a month for, or okay. in, in, here. <laughs> I was in yeah, New York. Right. For <laughs> I still think of New York as home. And it's so, yeah. <laughs> Not your here, my here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in New York for like another, a month or two and then I'm finally back in March the next month April everything shuts down and then I start seeing opportunities like for people in New York getting these LA auditions and things or at least more frequently or or yeah the 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 barriers spread a little bit yeah Yeah. so I I wonder if that is a product if you recognize that like you just weren't seeing as many of those opportunities and then once you got the chance it's like okay now I can kind of feel a little bit more confident and try play and try because I think a lot for me would happen was I learned trial by fire. Like, as soon as I was getting the opportunities to do these things I never was, I was like, okay, I tried that, I tried this, I tried this. Now I'm more confident to take that long shot. Yeah. Was that is that kind of what it was for you? Absolutely. It's funny because, like, I, there's, a, I, I, there's a lot of parallels in between how you and I kind of, like, operated in, in, <laughs> in that regard where it's kind of like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always found myself as the type of actor that I'll rock a workshop but I feel most growth when I'm auditioning. Oh, yes. You know what I'm saying? When I'm auditioning real stuff that's coming out, that's really getting put out there, that helps me kind of really wrap my head around what is what what's what's percolating right now in terms of that specific style. And I feel like I got more I get more out of that than, you know, doing a workshop no shade on workshops workshops are fantastic and if yeah. people love doing them that's cool i just feel every actor works and learns differently and for me i'm a i'm very much a trial by fire kind of actor yeah you know because and that's how i've diversified as much as i had is because you know for you know audio description is something i've been doing five six years now and that was literally like I did an audition. They and they always ask, "Hey, have you ever done audio description?" I'll try it. I'll never say no. I'll just say I'll try it, and I yeah. leave it at that. You know, I either yes, I've done it, or I'll try it. You'll never get a no out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It, you know, it won't happen. I never say no. I'll just say I'll try it. I'll give yep. it a shot. You know, and um, and that's how I did that. And then that's how I got into audiobooks. And that's how I started doing medical explainers and and in Spanish, no less, which. Medical in Spanish is like, uh, you know, if the medical words in English weren't like <laughs> yeah, insane enough, trying them in Spanish is even worse. But but I do them, you know, I do them. And um, that's how it happens. You know, you just can't be scared 
um, and limit yourself. You know, you, you have to kind of force yourself to grow. And that's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I take the doomsday approach of things. It's kind <laughs> of like I force myself to evolve, you know, to, yeah. uh, to become a better actor. And that's how it happens. You know, you have to take those chances. You have to take that risk and you have to be willing to bomb. You have yeah. to be willing to bomb. And trust that whoever that you're working with, whoever the director is, that they're going to take care of you as an actor and be able to lead you to where they need you to be. Because that's going to make them a better director. It's going to make you a better actor because now you could take direction better as well. Mm. So everybody's kind of growing at the same time. But you just got to be you have to be willing. And for actors, I know that's really tough because we are incredibly self-conscious creatures by nature. We can't help that. Yeah, I I mean, that's often the Achilles heel of many people and what makes them leave the industry sometimes yeah. is they can't deal with the rejection or the constant no's. And yep. you have to build a little bit of an armor to deal oh, with yeah. that, but also to push yourself past the point where you're like, if I don't... If I don't show what I've got and I have the courage to be like, someone might go, what did they just try? You might not give yourself the opportunity to find that magic. And Absolutely. it's very scary, just like stand-up comedy. It's like if you don't get up on that stage and risk everybody just, oh, yeah. not laughing or laughing at you, it's, yeah. it, you'll never know if you if you can do it. So Absolutely. I, I feel like voiceover and acting and all forms of acting really has that similar approach. I think you oftentimes are able to share in that misery with your scene partner sometimes but voiceover mm -hmm. it's like it's just you you it's know just you it's unless just you're you. in a group record but most of the time right it's just yeah you. more often than not it's just you yeah yeah it's sure. scary it's a very it very uh tough it's industry intimidating. yeah i i i don't i i always try to preface it by saying if you are scared of doing it and you still keep having like this desire to keep doing that's probably a good sign because I don't think there's ever a moment where I feel like I'm walking into a job and I'm like a hundred percent I'm I'm the be I'm the dude like here I am guys yeah, where do you want no, me for sure no you just walk in and you're like all right let's get let's work let's yeah, work let's, let's collaborate work. let's do this thing so I, I think that's very helpful. And I, I want to jump back a hair for you when you're still young and you're in LaGuardia and yeah. you're going through this program. Was it how, how many? Is it four years of, of high school there when you're? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. So it's not it's it was nine through twelve. OK. And um, you do four classes, four to five classes of regular, regular stuff like English, math, your usuals. And then you have lunch, and then you'll do four classes of studio, just strict mm. conservatory-style training. Wow. Uh, so when you're a freshman, sophomore, that's the beginning of your day is that you start in studio, and then you finish it with your with your regular academics. And then when you're a junior, sophomore, uh, a junior, senior, then it flips, at least when I was going there. Sure. Um, and, and, yeah, it was intense, man. I mean, we did – you know, play analysis, uh, improvisation. We had two periods of acting every day. Um, we would have two periods of dance. Uh, so, you, I mean, you did it all, really. Yeah. Voice and diction, you did everything. Um, and that was actually one of the things that helped me the most it was voice and diction because it completely neutralized my New York accent. I had a very urban New York sound to myself and it completely eradicated it. Thank goodness. Yeah. Same um, with me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you have this just natural cultural way of speaking as a New Yorker. We we're known for it. And, um, you know, that, that, that helped extremely well, obviously also doing Shakespeare fairly regularly, you know, while we were there. Um, 
you start to change. You start to yeah. change as a person. You change as an actor, especially in those years. I mean, those are your formative years as a growing soon to be adult and as an actor, you know, it's a lot to take in. But, um, you know, when when I had that trigger in my head, I, I, I finally got it. Um, but, you know, it, it, it did leaving that school did have one harmful aspect was that I walked out uh, feeling like the king of the world, mm. you know, waiting for the world to kind of hand me my, you know, ha- hand me my just desserts, which mm. um, when you get into the real world, <clears throat> you realize that that's not how it works. Um, that's not how the real world works at all. So while I am enjoying, uh, you know, success now and the wins that I have now, it was a very long journey uh, of a very long dry spell of making absolutely zero money um, before I got to where I am right now. And it's interesting because some people could look at that as a bad thing or say like, man, you know, you've hustled for so long and this and that, the other. But truth be told, if I experience the success that I have now at let's say 21 years old, I would not have been prepared for the kind of success that I have right now. There's no way, there's absolutely Mm -hmm. no way I would be able to handle what I'm doing now at that age. I was extremely way too young, absolutely too immature and way too egotistical and way too cocky to handle it. There is Mm -hmm. no way. Uh, All it would have done, it was that it would have cemented a really bad notion that I had in my head that I was God's gift to acting and that would have done nobody any good. Mm. I would have fizzled out in my mid-20s and I probably would have stopped doing it. I probably would have burned so many bridges I would never know how to get make, make my way back. <laughs> um, so it was very interesting, you know. It was it was a long it was a long grind, but it wasn't a long grind for lack of talent as much as it was a a, a necessity to grow Mm. as a person to be able to actually capitalize on my talent appropriately. Yeah, I think think not just what LaGuardia might have given you in terms of your idea of what life would be like outside of high school, Mm. I've experienced that to a degree with my college education mm. you know, I went I went to NYU in college and uh-huh. it sounds like LaGuardia is kind of like that college experience conservatory wise where yeah. you're getting that type of Absolutely. education and then they don't really at least my college experience and I've talked with people at the school since then about this they don't really prepare you for what life as a a working actor is as a uh, they don't really prepare you for what the experience is going to be auditioning, figuring out a survival job, learning how you're going to pay your rent, learning how you're going to get health insurance. There's all of these things that are happening in conjunction with, I just want to be an artist. Like you just gave me four years of me expressing myself and crying all day, every day. Now I got to worry about all this other stuff. I got to promote myself. I got to figure out agents and managers and getting hired marketing and self-promotion. It's a very weird world to enter if they, if you're not properly prepared and especially from high school. Um, so I totally empathize and understand yeah. that, that idea of like, all right, we're, who's ready to give me my sitcom? Cause I had a little bit of a same, similar feeling. Yeah. Would, it, and I you can't at, help that. You, you can't help that. Like, you know, you're good and your teachers tell you you're great. Like you're aware of that. It's not, it's not, it's not that it's, it's a misplaced sense of, 
uh, 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 of of knowing your talent. You know yeah. you are good, and you absolutely are. It's just that we were not equipped to handle what actually being a functional actor really, what it really actually takes to be one. Yeah. And it's a lot of not fun work, especially at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and especially you when know? you're figuring yourself out too, like you're still going yeah. through puberty and you're still figuring out yeah. who you are as a person. It's like, yeah, I, 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 dude, I was like 19, 20. I was like, I'm just happy. I got a girlfriend. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on with the world. Like, really? Jeez. Yeah. And now you yeah. want me to be the face of some sort of brand or a yeah, series. Like, it's what? like, that's, it's, it's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, so for sure you do four years of LaGuardia. Then what is the plan? Is it like, I'm, I'm going to take, the world by storm i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna like what was the plan after you leave, leave the laguardia system so i left laguardia and i was waiting for the world to you know present me all all of its hollywood fame rightfully um, so yes and you know because that's how it works and mm-hmm. uh, it didn't <laughs> so i was like all right new plan so i did go to conservatory i went to the american academy of dramatic arts afterwards and i did uh three years there um, and after I did that, I had another aha moment as an actor. So now I felt really confident and more humbled, a little bit more humbled now. Uh, at this point, I was a little older. I went through the process again, and it was nice to kind of almost like go back to, to a school system because it kind of like reset me a little bit. I, kinda, I, I really did enjoy that. So I feel like that kind of grounded me more. And then when I was done, I was kind of lost i'm that kind of i'm that actor that did never really had many actor friends mm. so i never really had people to bounce ideas off of nor did i have a mentor per se to kind of tell me what to do also so i i was very kind of just floating around so i ended up uh, joining a, uh, a theater and education uh, company called Nightstar, and I was with them for a couple of years, and they were really great. I did that for three years, actually. And then, uh, so it scratched that creative itch, um, and it helped me pay bills. And then, uh, you know, after my third year, I was like, okay, now I, ca- I really have to kind of step out of the world. I kind of feel like I'm still kind of in a cushiony place where I feel like I'm being taken care of. I really need to step out there and do something. So I, uh, when I finished there, I ended up getting a, a normal job, like most people, a nine to five. I did that. And I, Basically, just kind of ran around the uh, local theater scene for a while. Um, was that the dream at the time to do Broadway off Broadway? Was that kind of like where you were, your your eyes were? Tr- you know, it, if I were to look back, I don't know. Hmm. I honestly don't know. I I I don't really actually know what my plan was as an actor. Truth be told, it was almost kind of like. Either a, a, a movie script lands on my lap magically because I didn't have an agent or anything. Lord knows how that was going to happen. <sighs> um, or I just kind of kept doing what I was doing. It was yeah. very weird. I was in a very weird kind of lost place. So I kept doing local theater because it kept scratching that itch. Yeah. And I definitely appreciated my time doing that because it kept me practiced. Um, and I did a lot of lot of different roles, very, very versatile roles. Several times that I play a, women, a woman, which is very nice. <laughs> that was entertaining. And um, eventually... Um, 
some something I I a very chance off comment kind of like my brother happened. Mm. And um I was in a production and um there was a fellow actor uh in the production and she uh she did voiceover herself. And I remember just by off chance cuz I you know we were friends on Facebook. I would see when she said, "Oh, I booked this for Oil of Olay and this company and that company." And I'm like, "What are these you know, these bookings that you're talking, what is that? Like, what is it that you're doing? Like, is it like a model shoot? Like, I don't understand. And she, she told me about, um, she told me, she gave me the rundown about voiceover. And this was in, uh, was this 18? Yeah. I think this was like 18, uh, 2018 that she told me about it. And at that time, which is really cool. So blessings to her, Sri Gordon. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she's still, you know, in the circuit, but she's very quiet. Mm. Um, she ended up telling me about voiceover, told me to get a microphone, told me to have a home setup at that time where it wasn't even a big thing. She was like, just have this stuff because you never know and just get used to hearing yourself and get it and get used to recording yourself because your agent might send you stuff if you get an agent and you're going to need to record it. So you need to record it quick. Just get something cheap, something that you can have in the house. And I was just like, all right. I mean, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And she was like, just take workshops. Look, check out this place. It's called Actors Connection. Just look at all the workshops that they have and just just, just take one and just, just see if it interests you because I think you'd be awesome at it. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And it felt like my brother again telling me, just do drama. I think you'll be good at it. Just that's the smallest of nudges Yeah. to go somewhere. So I, I, I did a workshop. And, uh, and obviously like everybody, I thought it was amazing, you know, cause voiceover <laughs> is amazing. It's, it's the greatest job. So I was instantly hooked. I was instantly hooked. I did an animation workshop, um, obviously, cause that's how everybody wants to start in, in voiceovers doing of animation. Course. So of course that's what I wanted to do. So I did that. And, um, I did that with, uh, Bryant Falk over at Abacus Entertainment. And, um, I, I remember talking to him and he told me, he was like, listen, man, like like you're good. Like you know what you're doing. Like you sound really good. You have a good handle of this. I, you know, I I think you, I think you might have something here. You might want to look push further. Yeah. So um, I was like, all right, I, I guess I could think about it. He was like, yeah, you know, it, you know, we'll just do a couple of one on ones, and then if you want to make a demo, you can make a demo. So obviously, then there's the big demo you know, dollar sign in your head and you're like, man, uh, sorry, I got to save up for this and just got to see what happens and go from there. So I did the, 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 the few one-on-ones with him went really, really well. I cut a demo, cut a commercial demo, one that I still use parts of right now because it was just that good. Um, I did the demo, I got the demo and then I just kind of sat on it for like a year because I did not know what to do. And this is 2018. At this point, this is, uh, no, sorry, not 18. I, I'm so off. Sorry. No, this was like 2013. Okay. Because in my head, I'm like, no. there's you. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. This was, 20, this was 2013. Sorry. I got, I got my numbers crossed. Okay. No, this is 2013. Reason eight. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, because <laughs> 2014 was when I signed with my, with, was when I signed with my agent. So okay. So this is 2013, beginning of 2013. Um, so I had this demo and I just kind of sat on it and I, I didn't know what to do. And, um, I kind of went back to what worked. I was like, okay, where, what was it that kind of reset my brain? What, what is it that I need to do? I need to go back to classes again. 
I gotta go. I gotta start back at zero to to to, to see where I messed up because mm-hmm. I started and I got a demo and then things fell flat. I did. I must have missed something. Mm-hmm. So I went back to workshops. So I started doing workshops again. Um, and these I did with uh, Marla Kerbin, rest in peace. And um, I did a couple with her, and then uh, I was like, okay, I need to. I need to get the most bang out of my buck when I do these workshops. What's going to make the most sense? So I stopped doing actors workshops and I started doing the agent specific ones. I was like, let me get myself in front of people. Maybe that will spark something. So I started getting in front of them. And uh, and I and I figured if anybody's going to tell me the stuff that I need to know, it's probably going to be the agents, the people that are actually booking this stuff now. So I did a couple. I did some with the Atlas folks, uh, the Sound Lounge folks, a couple of different uh, casting directors and agents. And then there was one that I went to. And when I went to it, um, Marla told me, she was like, hey, listen, I'm going to give you some English copy, but I'm going to have some Spanish copy for you just in case. And I was like, yeah, sure. She was like, "You're fluent, right?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, uh, of course. I grew up. I grew up in a D- Dominican household. Yes, I'm very Hispanic." <laughs> she was like, "Okay." So uh, I I went to the workshop. I did my read, and I saw Lin- uh, Linda Weaver from uh, Access Talent. She uh, looked over at me. She was like, "Huh." She was like, "Do you happen to be? Uh, are you bilingual?" And the reason she asked that is because of the way that I slate my name before I say things. I always say Rob Moreira. I don't mm-hmm. say Rob Moreira. I don't anglicize anything. My name is Moreira. That's how it's pronounced. That's how I say it. Heck yeah. So I said Rob Moreira. So she was like, "You know, are, are you bilingual?" I said, "Yeah, I'm bilingual." She was like, "Okay. Um, do you happen to have Spanish copy?" I was like, "Yes, I do." So I read the Spanish copy, and she was like, "Okay, cool." And that was that. I was like, "All right." Cool. I mean, you know, I showed her, showed her what I got. I, I guess, you know, it is what it is. Two days later, Marla's assistant hits me up and she says, just so you know, Linda Weaver is interested in getting your demo. Do you mind if we pass it along to her? And I'm like, do you, do I mind? Yes. Do it <laughs> now. Don't even ask. I'm like, don't ask. Yes. Yeah, send yes. it. She was like, okay. So she sent it off. And then uh, like two days later, Linda calls me and she says, Hey, listen. Um, so I let the gang at the office hear you demo and we absolutely love it. Now, what set me apart on this demo is that I took a really big risk. Now, this is one thing I didn't tell you about my demo is that when I did my demo, I made a bilingual demo. And this is a commercial or animation demo? It's a commercial demo. Okay. And I made it bilingual. So a lot of people say, no, you should have an English one. You should have a Spanish one. But I didn't have three grand to burn. And I had to make the most out of, uh, you know, make the most out of it as I could. So I literally had an English one, Spanish one, English one, Spanish one, English. And then the last English one, um, uh, I finished it with a, a bilingual uh, ending, basically, which was for uh, a mock Patron video. <laughs> so it was an all English uh, demo. But at the end, I said, Patron disfruta la vida. Boom. You know, there you go. There it is. Yes. So I so um, so they loved it. They were like, this is so like this is genius because now we know you're bilingual. We know what you sound like in both languages. This is a great demo. Yep. So I was like, awesome. Now, another thing to bear in mind when I was doing all of this, I wasn't in any Facebook group. I had no voiceover friends except the one that told me about this. So I had no guidance, I, which 
absolutely helped me because if I was in these groups, as <sighs> helpful as they are, yeah. I'd be incredibly confused on what I should have done. I would have heard 10,000 people telling me that doing a bilingual demo would have been a huge mistake, would have shot me in the foot. Nobody would have listened to it. And then I would have had another handful of people telling me maybe that is a good idea. Maybe you should try that. So if I got all that information, what would I have done? I have no idea. I literally went with my gut instinct the first four years of my voice acting career. And I think that's really what made the difference on how I ended up getting to where I am, which is now why when I speak to people, I tell them, you got to trust your gut instinct. Mm -hmm. People have the best intentions for you, but sometimes what some sometimes what the market says is what you have to do is not necessarily what you should be doing. Yeah, you I know? I think it's also too, and that's so amazing that that worked out that way. And I yeah. have a very similar inclination because anytime I see a bunch of people doing one thing, my mind instantly says, well, if everybody's doing that, I'm going to get lost in that mess and I got to go the other way. I have yes. to do something different. So, yeah. and there's <laughs> obviously you have to meter that to a degree. It's like if, you know, there's yeah. certain instincts you don't want to do the complete yeah, opposite, for sure, you know, for sure. Uh, but I think that was a very great risk and it made you super marketable yeah. and viable and they wouldn't have, you yeah. have one shot sometimes to get in front of these people and you, you, exactly. you utilize that to the best of your abilities and your finances at the time. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I did not have the money you know i mean i mean how many times have we seen where people say you know uh, if you're starting in voiceover make sure you have like 10 grand because that's what you're gonna have to drop on stuff yeah. had i seen that number i probably never would have even approached doing voiceover okay my 10th i don't have 10 grand lying around mm -hmm. you know and the truth of the matter is yeah have i spent that much uh, no i've spent probably double maybe even triple that over the course of a very long career where I was making a lot of that money back, you know, not to mention that the money that I spent was money that I was making in the business. Yep. So I had my day job while I was also doing this on the side, kind of like this small growing business. But that's how it ended up happening. No, I didn't have a $20,000 Nets egg that was like, this is the voiceover, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> investment money. It wasn't that, you know, you spend it as you get it yeah. and you build it and you, you know, you grow as you go. And reinvest into your career. I, it's, it's so yeah. smart. Yeah. And I think people get excited when they start making money and they want to start like <laughs> buying things. It's like, no, this is a career <laughs> where you don't have to have a thousand different microphones. You don't have to have no. the best of the things, but you want to make yeah. sure you have the things that make you competitive and definitely when someone's booking you you don't want to be like oh i don't have that or i can't do exactly. this or you know I, I there's that's changing a little bit today like i see people moving yeah. away from source connect i see you know but i think that's true being able to have all of the tools that you need you don't want one of those things to be the reason you don't book something exactly at the same time you don't need the three thousand dollar microphone you can get no. something that is you know comparable for a fraction of absolutely. the price absolutely absolutely 100%. I mean, the booth that I'm in right now, it's not a studio bricks. It's not something fancy. It's not a $10,000 investment. This is a $4,000, you know, made to order booth from a company that nobody's ever heard yeah. of. But one thing I can tell you is that every engineer says the same thing. Holy crap. What booth are you in? Dude. 
<laughs> they were like, your sound is so clean. They were like, man, we get so many actors and the sound is just like it's bouncing all over the place. They were like, thank you so much for yeah. like having such a great setup. And I'm like, you're welcome. And it costs half the price of what a lot of other actors have out there. Dude, we are so similar in that regard because like I did the same thing with this. This is a yeah. I, I, I spent I'm not gonna I'm not even kidding you. I mean I, I found somebody to help me construct all of these um oh, uh, the panels. Uh, panels and clouds. I have nice. a bunch of clouds above me and oh, I have bass traps. I like but I I did it for a thousand and every engineer so tells me every engineer is like your room is insane and i got lucky that go. i don't have a lot of outside noise and stuff and i did something with my door but yeah I, like you don't have to and this was what i was going to comment earlier you can either look at those numbers and be like there's no way i can achieve ten thousand dollars i should run away this isn't the business for right. me or right. what i would always do is say okay how can i learn to do the thing i need to hire somebody else to do for me so yes. how can i figure out a way to build these panels and get the education yeah. i need to you know make two by fours into acoustic panels and get the rock wool and get the the chains for the clouds i learned uh, all that shit. same yeah. thing went with my demos too i yeah i recorded all of my stuff that i could for my demo and then i worked with a producer for i'm not even kidding you my first demo was like 300 bucks because i just needed oh, them to do the awesome. sound effects for me but oh, I did everything amazing. myself, and there I wouldn't recommend that to everybody because you need to have the the know how. But yeah, exactly. But but like, there's a way. There's a way, and it, and it's going to be different for everybody. You know what I mean? Like for, I mean, to to go back to like my story. Yeah. So, so so after after Linda called me and she told me that they. You know, that they all love my demo. They signed me a week later. Wow. And that's how I started in voiceover. I started with an agent. Now, real talk, Paul. Yeah. How many people have said when you first start as a voice actor, do not go for an agent? Always. It's it's the majority Every of people. Every time. Every time. And that's exactly how I started. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was shooting for an agent. I wasn't sending my stuff out. I just put myself in front of them. Yeah. And if you could do that, then do that. Why not? Why not shoot shoot that shot? Yeah. So when I kept seeing that critique going out by people saying like, no, don't ever go them. You're not a proven talent. You have nothing to show. This, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so then what happened to me? Yeah. So that, uh, like, because that, that is not at all. I was absolutely an unproven talent. But they saw something and they knew that I was different. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were kind of like, hold on. This guy got a nice, cool, chill, conversational tone and he can speak neutral Spanish. That's money right there. Heck that's, yeah. that's, I mean, we could get money from this guy on two ends and of you the spectrum. You that's amazing. You recognized your authenticity as well as you were fitting a niche in the market that wasn't exactly. regularly being like presented. And you were a good actor. You had the years of training to I back that trained. up. This was yeah. a comment I wanted to say too because a lot of people get into voiceover and they don't have a background in acting and that's totally mm. fine. Absolutely yeah. fine. It happens all the time. 100%. People become amazing, success, amazing successes. But oh, yeah. a lot of people 
who are giving out the information and advice, they become, a lot of people get in the business of telling people how to do things and like telling people how to follow the rules and that becomes their business. So it discourages a lot of people from taking those risks and it's like, wait, but I have this other thing going on. Do I still have to follow these rules? Right. And we have a lot of people who are the exception, a lot more than you would think, but they get hindered by like this overwhelming advice. Don't go for the agents. Don't do this to your demo. Don't do this. It's like, but then how is yep. it working for me? How is it working for these people? If you exactly. if you have confidence and you have the goods, which you clearly did, yeah. it can work out. And that's amazing that it, that it did. So what happened? And you just got to be, yeah. No, go. You just got to be willing to bomb. You know, you got to be willing to take the bomb. You know, for anybody that's, I mean, there's so many people that want to self-produce demos. For you, it worked out well. Yes. But you know what? It may not work out for everybody. Yeah. It, but how will you know if you don't shoot that shot? Yeah, I, and you trust can't me. just take people's word for it. I'm not an engineer. Am I seriously going to give engineering advice? Like, come <laughs> on, you know. The, and the, and that's one thing that kind of drives me nuts is that when there's like a, a big one, and this is one that I've told a lot of actors. So many actors that you know have reached out to me, especially like in the last couple of years, to be like, "Hey, can you listen to my demo and let me know what you think?" Yeah, and I'm sure you've gotten the same. Hey, Always. can you listen to it? Just let me know what you think. Happens all the time. And I always tell them the same thing. And I'm like, listen, I'll listen to it and I'll tell you what I think. But truth be told, you're probably better off giving this to maybe a casting director that you know or somebody that's actually booking work. Mm -hmm. I don't book work. So I don't necessarily know every facet of what's being booked out there. You know what I mean? I can only speak from my experience of the things that I have booked. But even then, that doesn't make sense because the things that I didn't book, I don't know why I didn't book them. Yes. Was it my voice? Was it a bad read? Did I sound like the casting director's ex-husband? I don't know. (laughs) It could have been a billion different reasons. Who knows, right? You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't make sense for me to be able to gauge the quality of somebody's demo when I'm not an engineer, a cast. So I can't tell you anything about your sound. I'm not a casting director, so I can't tell you how competitive necessarily this is in your specific niche. You know what I mean? And so it's like I'm going to give you information that may not be exactly completely helpful and a lot of people say oh damn yeah i guess that makes sense i'm like yeah find yourself a casting director send it to them get cool with them and then just be like hey can you just listen to this let me know if this is somewhat competitive if the casting director says cool be like cool but that is just that casting director there are many casting directors out there and all the opinions are as different as fingerprints. You know what I mean? Everybody has a different one. It's the business of subjectivity and there yeah, is no man. there is no golden rule. As much as people try to preach no, this golden set of all. rules, it's not the truth. They, they, they're not there, man. There's no one set way to do this thing, man. We're all just trying to make some kind of acting gumbo and we all have different ingredients, Heck man. Yeah. You just gotta make the one that tastes the best and just rock with it. And let <laughs> it go. Let it do its thing. Well, you, you know? clearly caught on to some sort of recipe that worked because it got you an agent right out the gate. And then how soon was it after you're working with um, everybody and and was it – did you start booking things in English or Spanish first? How did that all work out once you were in the agency? Yeah, it was fast. I started booking right away. Heck yeah. So it was very – it was jarring needless to say because I went from no – you know, no real acting career to like, oh, I have an agent and – Oh, I have bookings. I got to show up places and now record. And it just spiraled from there so, so, so quickly. But 
I, I was very self, I was very self-aware of what was happening and I had to like, I, I had a lot of conversations with myself and I still do to this day, you know, about different things in my business. And, and at the time I was kind of like, all right, just cool your jets. Cause this could disappear very quickly. Let's just ride this wave and just see where we can go. Let's just keep showing up and let's just keep doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, my first booking was uh, a couple weeks later, uh, probably like three weeks later for Maker's Mark. I was doing a demo for them. Wow. Uh, I did that. And then uh, I did a Purina Cat Chow campaign. Um, and then the biggest one was for McDonald's. And the way that one panned out was crazy. This one was three months later, three months into my voice acting career. Uh, I did an audition for McDonald's and I did it in English. And again... Because of the way I slate, it opened a door. And McDonald's liked my English read, but they reached out to my agent. They were like, hey, we heard the way he slated. Does he happen to be fluent in Spanish? So my um, agent sent them my demo. And long story short, they liked my English so much, but they had another English actor they wanted to use, but they really wanted to use me. I ended up becoming the... South American McDonald's voice for about a year and a half. Wow. And I became a must join six months into my career. This is it was insane. Yeah, and I mean this was a this was a union gig three months into starting. Yeah. It was insane. It was insane how it all just kinda happened. It's 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 a Cinderella story, I think, for people who are like, "There's no way that that can happen," and yet it can, and it did, and that's one hundred percent. You and it takes a long time, man. Yeah. I mean, I left high school at eighteen years old. Let's say I started my interest in acting at twelve. Left at eighteen. I didn't start voiceover till I was thirty. I'm now thirty nine. Yeah. And. It takes a while. It's, that's a long journey, yeah. man. That's a long journey, and it takes a long time. And I know that sometimes when people start posting those big wins, especially when they never heard of the person, they start going like, man, in the last year or two, this Rob guy just kind of appeared. And it's kind of like, nah, man, I've been around I've, I've, for a while. Yeah, same thing happened with me when I, I was like, I've been working <laughs> in this business for 10 years, like working, making my living yeah, doing this. We've but, been doing it for a long time. It's just people don't see the ugly side, yeah. the ugly work that we had to put in to really get to where we're at now. It's like when you see people get to this point where it's kind of like, oh, I've seen Paul before. Yeah, I know him. And oh, I've seen Rob before. Yeah, I know him. Like our name just kind of floats around very regularly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we've been working at that for a long time for that to happen. Oh, we're definitely yeah. not we're not we're not overnight successes by a stretch. <laughs> that's that's the that's the it's it's the hilarity of social media because yeah. I think it gives this notion and it it can be discouraging when people see like why is mm-hmm. everybody getting all these things? It's oh, like man. we're not I'm not on social media every day going saying, "Hey, this week I auditioned for 30 things, didn't get any of them." Like nobody oh, is posting yeah. that. <laughs> Seriously, you know, it's and it's funny too because because I tell people that all the time. I'm like, listen, if I told you how much I audition for compared to what I book, yeah. you would gag. I know, because like we put we put in heavy audition numbers, man. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> you know, crazy. People don't think about it. I really, you know, but I, we put in a lot of auditions to get what we get. Know. You know, and you and never know the one that's gonna hit, and you don't know even know what that's going to be if it will amount to like it might be a demo fee, it might move to syndication. Yeah. You don't even know. And how many times have you auditioned? for something and you go I got that why <laughs> you know, like, 
Almost always. I think what? it's almost yeah, always. It's like, why did I get that one? All right. I mean, I'm not complaining, but yeah. Really? Okay. And then the ones that we're like, oh, knock that one out of the park. We never hear from them again. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> that happens all the time. You have to remove yourself from that. Like, and it's hard. It's the it's the nature of so the actor hard. to be like, yeah. you know, oh, I, I really want to do this and work so hard on it and get attached yeah. to it. But I'm starting to learn now the, the more that I can just like do the work and then literally like MIB myself and just be like, that never happened. Like that, that you never did that role. Yeah. It, <laughs> you never auditioned for that. Keep moving. It was a one day gig. <laughs> I think of it as a booking as a, and rather than an audition. It was a one day gig. I did it. And now it's gone. If they want to bring me back, they will let me know. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. it's And you know what's so funny? I mean, I'll get to this in a second because I want to continue the trajectory, but I'm putting a yeah, pin yeah, in yeah. something that will be really fun. Um, so you, <laughs> so you, you, you work on the McDonald's campaign. You got your, your, yeah. your career going in terms of commercial, it sounds yeah. like, and this is mm-hmm. all happening in New York at the time. Yes. You, you're working pretty like stable in a sense. Is it, is it coming regularly? You feel like this yeah, is now I mean, the full career path? It's 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 all right. It's definitely still side hustle. I still had my nine to five. I worked at a travel company, and mm-hmm. I, at the at the time, I had built myself up to being the manager of a call center. So I had a pretty up there position. Uh, so I was doing okay there, and um, so voiceover was like it it was just really great side money. Yeah. Now instead of taking that side money and siphoning siphoning it away for like you know rainy days i kept reinvesting and reinvesting and reinvesting so the minute it came in it was going right back out into more into the business i was like i need to act like this money doesn't exist and it needs to keep getting funneled back into itself so i could keep building myself up and getting better microphones get doing more workshops and just ultimately equipping equipping myself better for the business mm-hmm. overall and uh, that kept happening um, pretty much until 2019. Uh, in 2019, at this point, <clears throat> I was basically doing, I basically had double income. What I was making in my day job, I was making doing voiceover. So I was doing very well. I basically had two full time jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so I could have lived doing one or the other very easily. Um, but um, things came came to a head at the end of 2019. Uh, my 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 youngest daughter was about to be born, and um, my the company that I was with at the time they kind of put me in a precarious position. And this is the ugly side of corporate of of, of corporate, you know. And and you know, it kind of opened your eyes to it. And this was this was absolutely the crossroads uh, of my you know my my life trajectory and where it was going to go uh at the time i was a uh, i was a key account manager so i was a much higher level at this point mm-hmm. um and they told me for october i had to fly to mexico for this big sales conference that was happening and i was like that's not going to happen my daughter's born in october and i'm not going to do that mm-hmm. she's going to be born october 10th and no i'm not leaving the states there's no way so my manager at the time uh, he was like, all right, you know, I'll talk to the bosses. I'll see what they say. And, um, they came back and they were like, okay, they said that you need to at least come for a day. I was like, you want me to fly to Mexico for a day to then come back home to a newborn? Are you out of your mind? So I spoke to my, I spoke with my wife and I was kind of like, listen, um, I think this is it. I think this is I think this is the point where I can't go further doing both. Yeah. Um so she was like, "Okay. Do you see voiceover being sustainable?" 
And I said, well, yeah, I do. I do, actually. And truth be told, with the free time that I'll have, I think I could do better. Hmm. And she was like, really? I'm like, well, you know, voiceover has no ceiling. My day job does. Yeah. Unless I get promoted, you know, I can only go so far. But in voiceover, I can really scale to any number. It's really on me at this point. So she says, okay, all right, go for it. I was like, cool, sounds good. So I called my manager. Uh, mind you, this was during my my review. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, yeah, by the way, I, th- I, th- I think I'm going to have to give you my two weeks. And this was probably the most amazing thing. Great, great, great man. He tells me, huh, I was waiting for this to happen. I was wondering when you were going to leave, man. He was like, you're killing it in voiceover. What were you doing here? And I was like, wow. Uh, You know, and sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're too close. And uh, and it takes those external factors to kind of tell you, yeah, you're doing amazing things like and, and some and you need that. So he said that I I parted ways end of 19 November, uh, that was October, November of 19, I bought my booth. And then uh, December of 19, I got my Source Connect ID. And then pandemic hit and I was 100% prepared for everything that happened. And that following year, I doubled my income, like instantly. It was insane how things like just incredibly changed. And I've basically been riding that same wave ever since. It's just been wild. I've gotten new clients um, because my my studio's in my office, in my house. It's very easy to just step in here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've kept myself available to my clients at all times. Uh, You know, I, I feel, truth be told, I run my operation 24 seven. You know, I give myself the boundaries that I need, but you know, if a client tells me, hey, listen, we need something. Can you get this to me by tomorrow? I said, how's 15 minutes? Yeah. And they go, whoa. And I don't charge them a rush fee. I don't charge them anything. I just say, no, this is the this is the result of working with me mm-hmm. is that you get stuff quick. You get stuff good. You get it's well done. It sounds great. That's just how I operate. Yeah. You know, high quality at all times and very quickly. And that's how I've been able to sustain myself at this point. So it's been wild. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's quite brilliant and amazing. And kudos to you and congrats because Thank it's you, a man. hard thing to accomplish. And I think yeah. it's like you said, when you have that comfortability of a job that's, you know, giving you everything and then you're like, but yeah. voiceover has, uh, it has no ceiling, but it can be scary to, to put yourself on a road that oh, can yeah. sometimes the elevator can start falling down, you know, and you're 100%. like, wait, 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 I'm trying to go up. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're in, we're in a job of uncertainty. We never know when, when things may dry up if ever, yeah. you know, but that, that is up to us to stay on top of things. You know, we, we at this point know that we can't just settle. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm hard pressed to say that you and I are just kind of running our usual game the way we have been the last couple of years. Truth be told, every year has been different and we've been doing different things every year to change it, to make things better, to to, you know, get more exposure to some capacity and change what we're doing. You know, you can't look back at any year that you've been in the business and say, yeah, these two years were identical or I did the same thing or I worked with the same clients. Never. 
because we know that. We know that. We know what it takes to operate and we know what it takes to stay relevant. Um, and if you're not doing that, that's really where you, you know, start to start to tank. Yeah. You know, you have to you have to keep yourself relevant. I, I had a gig with Nickelodeon, Nick Sports. I thought I hit the lottery. I was doing their promos, all their commercial promo segments where it was like, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I was doing it for over a year. I'm like, this is my life. I record <laughs> yeah. twice a week and I make more money than I've ever seen in my life. And then they just shut down Nick Sports just, and it was gone. Yeah. And yeah. that was a reality check for me. And you just have to figure out constantly, like you said, reinventing. What's the next one? And something I really like that you said is that this is what you get when you work with me. And when you when you create that kind of stability for a client, that that can then turn to loyalty. And that's yes. a very hard thing to accomplish in this business. Yeah. Because the second people like are like, all right, we've done a lot with this voice. Let's find this other voice now. Or like, we are very dispensable. Exactly. Like it is very. Well, oh, yeah. I was talking about this with my fiance the other day. And it's like, I actually didn't look it up. And I'm very curious because we don't hear about it as much. And maybe I'm wrong mm. here. Maybe you know. Mm. We've seen in the industry like um, writers, directors, or producers, There's a, they've all gone on strike. There's all been strikes. Oh yeah. I don't I can't recall. Maybe there was one that I'm thinking of, a, an actor mm. strike because there's so many mm. of us and we're always so willing to take any freaking job there is. Yeah, there's always somebody else ready to take another ready to take the gig. Yeah. Always. Because, and, always. And, and and if you are able to Especially where we're at. Like, we're, I mean, we're in hubs. 100%. 100%. Throw a quarter in the air, it's hitting an actor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's hitting an actor. And that's why it's so important what you're doing and you're creating for your business because it tells people like I I want you to remember when you come to me you're getting this and if you go to somebody else you may not get this you're probably not going to get this but when you come yep. to me you do and yeah. I, this is here's a relatable moment I was uh, I'm going to say this and there's no way he listens to this podcast but I would be damned if he did <laughs> uh, the guy who cuts my hair he um, uh. I was like, I was in a rush and I needed a haircut and I, I was, I had very long hair like you did for my whole life <laughs> and I started cutting it shorter and I've always gone yeah. to this guy out here in LA and I was in a rush and I was like, I'll just run, I'm getting it cut short, I'll just run to this barbershop right here because I just didn't want to like drive across town and I went yeah. to this guy I never go to and he butchered my hair and I instantly <sighs> said, this is what I get for trying to skimp and do something yep. quick and not appreciating yep. loyalty and now I got to yeah, go back exactly. to him and he's got to fix it. Right. Can you fix this? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> funny little tidbit of that. Um, yeah, man. This, no, absolutely. This is this is all great for you, and I'm so happy that that happened. At, at what point yeah, then did you, like man. the animation and these video games? When did this all start coming in? So that um, was probably right right after the uh, right after the pandemic started to hit because um, you know like like you had said when, when the pandemic happened you know a lot of those doors started to open mm. uh, you know L A started to be more thankfully more welcoming to New York talent and vice versa which was really really nice um, but that's when that started to happen so I started to get more eyes in that regard. But my first foray into anime was actually with a company that I worked with here in New York, which is NYAV Post. Wonderful people. Um, great, great crew. And um, I did uh, Amazinger Z with them. Um, uh, how did I get into that one? Actually, funny enough, the actress that got me into voiceover put my name passed my name along to NYAV wow. because they were looking for actors. So she passed my name along. So I started getting auditions. I auditioned and I got into this Amazinger Z anime. And I remember when I went in, um, 
I went, I was standing in front of the microphone and there was the monitor in front of me and I'm like, what's going on? And they were like, you've, you've done, you've, you've done dubbing, right? And I was just like, I'll try. <laughs> and I never say no. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll try it. So I tried it and, um, you know, it's not difficult. We've seen dub things before growing up. You know, I grew up on Gundam and, you know, Dragon Ball Z. Okay. So it was like, I, I get it. I know what it entails. Now I just got to, you know, I got to learn and do right now. So I did it and um, I ended up getting, uh, I ended up getting a part. Uh, So I ended up doing a couple of kind of like additional voices and stuff, but I was like, oh man, this is really cool. So that's kind of how I got my feet wet. And then I did, um, I did a... uh, no more here. Uh, what? No, no, no. What was the name of the? No, not no more heroes. Uh, wor- world. Man, I forget. I forget the name of the game. But I ended up doing a game with them. Um. Oh no, sorry. Earth Defense Force. Ah. There we go. I did Earth Defense Force Iron Rain. I did that one first. I ended up auditioning for a, uh, for a couple of characters. I ended up getting a uh, um one of the one of the characters that follows the player character. Uh. So I was in it for a pretty good amount of time. So there was like, you know, doing yells and getting injured and blowing up and and this 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 was my first video game now so i did that so nyav kind of like got me my first my first big you know my first big things which was actually pretty awesome and then um after i did that then i did another earth defense force i did the world heroes one so in that one i did a couple of i did a handful of characters as well um and then I did um, Bungo to Alchemist, Gears of Judgment. I did that one, uh, which was also through NYAV, but I ended up going to uh, Funny at the time. Uh, Funimation, it, it ended up going on Funimation. And that was my that was one of my first big animes. And it was like, I did three animes, like back to back, like in that one year. I did that one. I did number 24, which was a, uh, uh, it was either soccer or rugby. I think it was like a rugby anime. <laughs> And then I um, did an audition for this original anime that was coming out. It wasn't an adapt- adaptation, totally new. A couple of ninja characters were in it. And I was just like, whoa, this sounds really cool. And I remember doing reading for one character, auditioning for one character. And I was like, man, I, I, I tell people don't fall in love with the characters mm. that you audition for, but man, this character sounds really cool. Like, I don't know what I did, but I just really liked it. And that's when I got Yukimaru for Fenapira Princess. Yeah. And that was a big one. Yeah. And uh, when I got that announced, it was funny because I got the email back and it was so far between casting and the, b- between the casting and the audition. And when I got it, I was like, what's this pirate, pirate? What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what this is, you know, because you do an audition and then 10,000 auditions later, you get the casting and you're like, I don't even remember this. And then when I heard back my audition, because I, you know, I, I keep everything that I audition for and I heard it, I was like, Oh, this is this is the dude. This is the ninja dude. And that was probably one of the wildest experiences cuz that was now dubbing from home. Yeah. With a all remote cast and it was just incredible, incredible, incredible. And I feel like doing Fena is really where I kind of got my foot. Yeah. You know, now planted into the anime animation realm 
and uh, and the video game territory, I feel like that's where I kind of started to get more comfortable there and become a bit more of a presence, yeah. you know, because there's so many incredible anime voice actors that are out there, especially a lot of you guys are out in L.A., um, that it's hard as a New York talent to try to wiggle myself into a position where it's like, hey, I'm here yeah, too. Yeah. Um, especially since some of you guys are just so freaking good. Um, that's really what it is. The I mean, people, the talent out here is insane. It is insane. It, like it's it's wild. Uh, which is another thing I tell actors all the time is that, you know what, if you want to get into anime voice acting, cool for you. Just know that that's probably some of the toughest talent in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> Truth be told. Because um, the people that work regularly in anime, they they do for a reason. Yeah. They're that good. And, tex and the people <laughs> in Texas, the, the people that work out there are phenomenal as well. Oh. It's insane. Oh, right. exactly. Yeah, same. It's, it's just, they're just that good. Yeah. You know, it's stiff. Stiff but I will say that it says a lot about you because the fact that you were able to make a name for yourself in a territory that you hadn't really navigated, obviously the pandemic helped, but it says a lot about where you were as an actor and the quality of what you bring. And maybe your studio had a lot to do with it. Maybe it didn't. But it, whatever you were bringing to the, to the table... They were saying out of everybody because everybody yeah, sees these yeah. things. Texas, sometimes yeah. L.A. and then now New York is getting a little bit. You're in the small group a of people bit. that were a getting the, the, yeah. the stuff. You're you mm -hmm. were good enough to it's I hate thinking of this way, but beating out everybody else. You were the person right for that part. And yeah, it's it says yeah. a lot about what you bring and your your role on that is phenomenal. And you, you do such a great job. It's uh, I'm happy that you were able to find the right people. And NYAV gave yeah. me my first kind of anime shot, and they're nice. wonderful people. So I, I, yeah. I, Michael and Stephanie, they're they're phenomenal human beings. Yeah, incredible, incredible. And yeah, man. I mean, and that that that, that changed thing. I mean, I, my first con appearance was because of Fena. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's it was just really wild how it kind of happened. But since then. Um, I've, I've started to also see more video game, uh, you know, opportunities come in and, you know, I, again, there's so many that come through, you don't, you don't win them all, but, uh, you know, I've, I, I got to be in a Superfuse, which is a really cool indie game that's on steam. That was really fun. And, uh, it was, it was so cool doing that one because the, uh, producers, they were just so excited to work with me. Cause they were like, and this is something that, you know, no, no no cockiness it was just it's so amazing to hear and and it's so if it gives me so much pride because it is something that i worked mm. on is to have the range that i do um and that's something that they i get uh that's a big critique that i get a lot is that people say like man your range is insane yeah. like you could you could do so many different characters to the point where while I was doing that Superfuse session, they were like, yeah, we're going to book you for another session. We got another character we want you to do. We're just going to give them to you. I was like, yeah, OK. And I ended up playing like one of uh, one of the bosses like pretty early in the game is character called Razor. So they ended up giving me that character. So I was like, wow, how cool is that? Like they just started throwing me more characters. Yeah. They were like, listen, let's see how far we can stretch this guy. And you know they're getting they're getting the bang for their buck and now they know they were like man if we need to knock out like eight characters just call rob Heck yeah That's, just get rob in there man cuz he'll just give you eight different people and you'll never know and so that that was that was actually really cool um and then doing um uh Wo Long, which just came yep. out that was that was that recorded a while ago and so it was funny cuz i didn't even 
I forgot about the game <laughs> until somebody announced their role announcement. Oh, shit, and I'm I saw in it. That. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that that looks familiar. What am I? Wasn't I in that game? <laughs> And then when I look up, like, the voice actors in it, I was like, oh, yeah, there's my credit. <laughs> I guess I am in that game. <laughs> it's, but sometimes it happens it, like that. You never it know. It happens. It happens, you know. And it's not because I, you know, and just for anybody listening, it's not that, you know, I hold any project higher or lower in my totem pole. It's just that sometimes the times, especially for video yeah. games, the times between when you record it to when they come out, sometimes it's really, really long. It's a very long time frame yeah. that you fill that with so many other projects that you just forget. Yeah. You know, it's no no shade on the game. You just... You've done so much after that that you, you just don't remember. It's hard to kind of keep it all in check. One of the first games I did when I moved out here, and I only know it because it's the first big game I did here, has still yet to come out. So we're at three years now that this game has oh, still not man. come out yet, which is insane. Dude, same, <laughs> same. I'm still waiting for a game to come out that I think I recorded, yeah, like two years ago or so. And I was like, okay. I wonder if it's the same game after we get off this. That I'm would be funny. You, you know what? We're going to have to talk about <laughs> Because if it yes, is, I'm dead. I'm dying. So, I, I mean, and then everything leads to this really kind of amazing moment in this revolutionary game that has come out, which is Genshin Impact. And you get to yeah. play this character where we're talking about your range right now. Like, <laughs> this is like, I think, the perfect example. And this is where I wanted to put the pin in our conversation yeah. because this was a character yeah. that I had auditioned for. And I was. No. And when I heard you, this is why, because I remember, I was like, wait a second, Rob booked that? I'm like, I think I auditioned for that thing. <laughs> And when I heard you, I was like, dude, number one, this guy has got some fucking range. Like, when I saw you do that and the way, because it's such a, not only is it range within where you're placing your voice, and, and but your yeah. character choices. And it is so consistent. Like, I hear these nuances that you're doing within the way that his intellect is and how how he knows all this stuff about other characters and his knowledge about like everything like i'm hearing certain quirks that aren't like i'm like i'm like he's that's just embedded in the character and this is coming out yeah. where it just so happens to be fit in the way you're you're performing it and i was just so yeah. happy for you that you booked that because you're so Thank right for you, the character man. and i was like Thank I was like, you. this is why. This is this what he's doing is 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 so good. So I was so happy. And uh what I wanna know what this whole is all has been like. Did you did you expect it? What has the life been like just being a part of this franchise that has been so colossal? Um yeah. and the character's really I good. Mean, That's also like a, a really fun thing. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, thankfully he you know, he was he was built pretty pretty damn well to be a great support character. Yeah. Um uh, it, it was it was interesting, you know. I got it through my managers, um, the the audition, and um, when I saw it, it was funny because I saw the character because they you know they sent it with the uh, with the picture of the character, and when I saw it, I was like, "That's for Genshin." Mm -hmm. Like I knew right away. Like when you, the minute you see, it, you're like, "This is a yeah. Genshin character, gotta be." So I saw it, and then you know when I read the specs, I was like, "Oh, this is like this is a kid. Like this is this is a chamaquito. He's young." <laughs> so I was like. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, like, uh, you know what? I'm not going to overthink it. I have a boy character that's in my head that I've always had, like, kind of on deck. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you, I, I'm sure you have, like, Many. a couple, like, go-to characters in your head, right? So that's one of my go-to characters. I've just never done it before. I've never booked this specific character that's been in my head, which is this young kid. So I was just like, you know what? Let me try him out. 
And let me just see what happens. I was like, I'm probably not going to get it. I mean, there's so many other actors with like, you know, lighter placed voices. They'll probably end up booking this one. But you know what? Let me do it. Uh, give him, you know, give it the old college try and we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they came back uh, with a callback. And I was like, oh, okay. Wasn't expecting that. But if there's interest, I'm on to something. Mm-hmm. All right. So I did the callback. And then... um. Then I then I just kind of waited, and I think it was probably like maybe like a few weeks later I got the booking, and I remember when I saw it, I was like, "No <laughs> way that I just booked this fifteen-year-old kid. There's no <laughs> way that I booked this child." And when I got it, I was like, "Oh my god, I I did. All right, um, yeah, I guess I'm doing this kid then." So it was really funny recording it because, like, you know, I, I have a glass, I have a glass door in my booth, so my kids, you know, they'll walk over and they're like. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a kid. Yeah. It's a kid. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, so I did the part. And um, after, uh, after I did it, um, you know, then it's just the waiting game, waiting for this character to make his appearance. And I knew he was going to appear before he became a playable. So I knew he was just going to be an NPC yeah. uh, to some degree. And I was just kind of like... Fingers crossed that people don't think he's a complete dork because he's very stuttery, he's very anxious, and he's, you know, he's just very wound up when he's in a crowd. Yes. So I was like, let's see what happens. But I loved his character design, and and he is a child, um, and that is the that is the that is what makes him so endearing is that he is this young boy in a world of mostly uh, you know strong warrior adults that know their place that are very very powerful, and he's just kind of in awe in to be in front of them. So I was like, I hope that is exuded in how I uh, I approached him. He is just reading a letter, so you're not really getting to see him yeah. too much. But let's see what happens. And then he dropped, and then people lost their minds. And I was like, oh snap! Okay, <laughs> so people really really like this kid, which is really cool. Um, but I didn't necessarily see the Genshin fandom until he was officially announced as a playable, and when his release was going to be. Because mm. when that happened. Everything changed. Everything changed. And, and, and I had been told that. Yeah. I had been told that. They were like, just so you know, if your character becomes a playable, things are going to sh- You're going to get a lot of attention yeah. on you. And I was just like, okay. You say okay, but you don't really kind of fathom uh, how that ends up playing out. Yeah. And um, so I remember when the first trailer came out where he was just the NPC character, I, I saw a slight Twitter jump and I was like, what the heck is going yeah. on? And it was like a couple hundred followers. When he uh, when the big 3.5 trailer dropped, when that trailer dropped and he was officially announced and obviously, you know, my name is now put into the credits, I saw a 6,000 follower uptick <laughs> on my Twitter and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> And then it ended up taking like another turn, which was interesting because at first it was just kind of like, oh, he's the voice of Mika. That's amazing. We got to follow this guy. And then the Latino community, they were like, hold on a second. He's Argentinian. And then I'm pretty sure like every Genshin player in Argentina lost their minds. And then they started following. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, my God, it's like we won the World Cup again. I was like, whoa, come <laughs> Right off the heels, like, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, like, like it was incredible. It was incredible to see how they how they just loved it. So the Argentinians went crazy, and then all Latinos started going crazy because I started responding to them in Spanish. I started saying, "Oh, you know, thank you so much, muchísimas gracias, tengo un orgullo, and you know, ser este carácter." And, and they were like, "Hold on a second, he speaks Spanish." Now all of like Central and South America was just like, "We love Mika." And now Mika became like he he took on this like 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 the, like this this beacon yeah. for Latinos, which is interesting because I'm kind of like, did you guys forget that Alejandro is like Sino and he's been around for yeah, a while? Yeah. He's Latino too, guys. And and but I don't I don't know what it was. I think it was just you know the the engaging because I mean you know Alejandro's, I mean he's he's at the top of the sure. mountain. He's he's a, he's a huge actor. So it's it's hard for him to engage with everybody. I mean, he has a massive following. I don't blame yeah. him. Me just kind of creeping in, uh, it's a lot easier for me to be able to respond to the people that, you know, that, that come my way. So I think they really enjoyed that direct engagement with another Latino actor who happens to be in Genshin Impact, which is a very big game to them and a very big game overall at the moment. And um, they just really, they, they really kind of took to yeah. that. Um, and and they, they kind of appreciate, they all kind of feel seen now. So it's not so much like the Argentinians feel seen. It's just Latinos in general feel seen. They're like, man, we're he like, this is so cool, man. Though, like, we're one of us is in here, I, um, and and they're and they're engaging with us, and they're like one of us, and they get it, and they know what it is to be Latino and to be a gamer and to be in this, and that's so cool. And uh, that's been pr pro probably the most amazing thing out of out of all yeah. of it was not so much the character or being in this big game as much as the representation for them and what that meant. Yeah. That it was one thing that I did not expect to happen and I probably appreciate more than anything. What's so amazing and it's so awesome that you're able to connect on that level and it's it's because you're kind of in the throes of experiencing this explosion at the same time, it's like you have the gratification of being in this game and, and being like, I can reach out to these people and, and, and engage with them right now. It's, totally. it's I am, yeah. I'm happy and I'm <laughs> thrilled to be a representative for the Latino community yeah. and to like, for and sure. have this character that is also like, it's, it's a very interesting character. I mean, I haven't played the game in a while, but I've been, fo I still mm. follow all the, like the stuff I played for a while. I was AR 56. So I was pretty up there. I've said this before. <laughs> oh, damn. I was, pre I was pretty, I, I geeked out on it, but it seems like the character is also really freaking good. And he's versatile. He's like one of the only characters yeah. who can use all three of the different weapon types, which is like, yep. that's, it says a lot about like your character. Yeah. Like it's yeah, a very yeah, unique position to be in. And so that there's so much Definitely. love for this character. And I think there will be only a, a yeah. continuing pour of it once people get to really play and see what, what he's yeah, capable yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be getting released. He'll be getting released soon. He gets his banner up probably like another week well, or two. Well, brace, brace yourself because I feel like there's a second wave coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Because right now, I mean, people are encountering him right now in the wild. Yeah. So they're already kind of like, oh, there he is. Is. And um, 
There's one interaction between him and Sino that apparently that's making its rounds quite regularly. Oh, cause... heck yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's actually pretty funny, but it's really cool now for me being able to see it because I've never heard my lines with other people. So I don't know how it all kind of got stitched together. So being able to finally see it. Thank you, everybody who's sharing those videos because uh, now I get to see the final product because I'm really early in Genshin. Yeah. So. Um, so it was it was really cool seeing how he works with everybody else and it's and it's great. I mean, he's he absolutely is what I wanted him to yeah. be is that you see him and you hear him and you're just kind of like, "Oh, I just want, I just want to like hug him. I just want to take care of him." Like he seems so sweet. Like he's able to take care of himself, obviously. I mean, he is a, he is one of the Knights of Favonius, but he's still a kid. Yeah. He's still a kid and he's still very nervous and he's still very shy and he's still very awkward. Um, and he tries to be as nice and helpful and, you know, as, as he can be with everybody else. And and I think he's an incredibly endearing character. I think the funniest comment that I've seen so far that made me laugh. And it's funny because I like seeing like the, the bad comments. I think they make <laughs> me laugh. I think they're always funny to see. I think they're hilarious. But the one that killed me, somebody said... Why does he sound like the nerd face so much? Dude, I, I, you know what's so funny is I was watching a video and I, I think it's the dying. same thing that you're seeing because I saw all your voice lines. Oh, and I saw that yeah. that's like the top, like one of the comments that's there. I lost it. I lost it. I was like, oh my God, they're so right. I do. But that's kind of a compliment as opposed to like, it's not flame. I think so. It's, I, no, not at he's all. He's so smart and he's so knowledgeable yeah. and he's so sweet. And I think that that's what you're bringing bringing to it and that's why I'm curious like where does that come from you because like really I know a lot of that's in on the page and what you're ri- you know what you're reading and there's mm. a little bit that's coming from the original reference that you're getting but where for you oh, is yeah, that yeah. coming from is there like you said where does that character that you said has always been in your head where did that come from yeah I, you know it's really weird because I don't know what made me kind of create that character because for the most part um, that character always kind of existed, um, in, to some degree in my mind. Um, he probably didn't stutter as much, but he definitely was in that vocal range and he definitely had that level of shyness. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because, um, I was so used to playing cool, calm, collected characters that I needed a fragile character. Yeah. Um, and I think the most fragile that I was able to be was a child, um, and, and, and that was kind of it. Um, and, and that was the one that just kind of like made the most sense for me. And, and it's funny cause like I have to get into a physical place to, to actually be him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like I could just kind of wing, wing the voice. I literally have to kind of like place my hands in a specific way. And I kind of hunch myself down a little bit. And that's actually what makes the Mika voice kind of come mm. out. Uh, same thing with Yukimaru. Like Yukimaru, when I did Yukimaru, who's at the lower end of my vocal range, because he's definitely not my normal voice. Um, that one, I was a little bit more upright, but I spoke down to my microphone. So I would speak downwards and I kind of, you know, would prop one arm, you know, uh, on my leg and it was almost kind of, kind of like in a cowboy stance yeah. and that's kind of like how Yukimaru spoke and it was always one hand kind of like everything that he said was pointed this way because his words were flat but his intentions were you know very specific yeah. so that's kind of how I had to paint how he spoke while with Mika it was very kind of hunched in and kind of closed off and you know the hands are always really close together and 
you know. You can he- so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And you can hear it. That's I think what's so great about what you did. And I think when you see good actors that are really nuanced in the performance, you can hear that, like. Everybody, any teacher that's worth their salt will tell you, you have to embody the character. You can't just stand in front oh, of the yeah. mic and do it. But like when, And you hear the difference yeah. when you see your performance. Like what you have is you hear these nuances where if you're not moving your body in a certain way or you're not putting yourself you in that position, to. you're not going to find those that shy giggle. Yeah. Or you're not going to find that hiccup on the line where you would have. Like oh, if yeah. you're not doting your fingers together, you're not going to go. <laughs> you're not going to find those if you don't exactly. give yourself the physicality of it. So absolutely it's it's and that's yeah and that absolutely is what helps mika is the fact that he 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 doesn't speak with his hands but his hands are constantly kind of moving and kind of like twitching and fiddling and like that that's kind of that's almost like how he pieces his words together (laughs) is that he's kind of building them in this little like bubble you know in front of his chest you know and he keeps everything very close in you know while somebody like Yukimaru was very kind of like hey I'm kind of out here this is what I'm saying uh which is funny because now that that is you know Yukimaru is now a voice archetype in my head and the way I get into that voice is by saying Fennel (laughs) because I said Fena so much in that show <laughs> that now that is my go-to to get to that voice is just saying Fena. You know, it's like you say it and it's like it instantly drops like two hours. Yes. <laughs> I love it. That's something that a lot of people use and they have their hooks into things. And I am sure I have yep. plenty of mine that I won't bore you with now. Oh, yeah. But Rob, I am so happy for you. And you've Thank been you, you, you've been really fighting it out there. And like you've said, people are maybe getting to know you yeah. now, but you've been around for a while. And to see you rewarded with the the praise that you're getting for not just something that was like given to you in a sense, but like you're doing this amazing work that's getting recognized. So I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. And uh, it, it, Thanks, it couldn't bro. be more deserving. So uh, I just, Thanks, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you get to reap these rewards that have been rightfully due. So thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's a wild, wild ride. And um, you know, I, I, I'm just really happy that every, everybody that's been a fan um, how incredible everybody has been, fellow voice actors, how supportive everyone has been. Um, you know, th- there's there's always outliers in anything of people that are going to be negative, and I've been incredibly fortunate enough to navigate away from most all of them yeah. and only surrounded myself with people that have been supportive and nurturing and just just incredible overall you know what i mean especially like you know running in the same circles like you and i i mean we've run in the same circles for i mean years now at this point um and and somebody that you and i work with pretty regularly and i i don't know if he does the same to you but he always brings brings you up to me uh tom he always tells me he's like man do you know do you know paul and i'm like i don't know paul but you know we we run in the same circles and he was like man i'm telling you man you guys are great you you guys would be so cool we did uh the same that movie together you play uh jb in that movie finnick right yeah right finnick finnick yeah i play like your little for anyone who hasn't seen this i mean i don't think it's available in the states yet i don't think from what i've heard but i play like your little yeah. monster and that's how like yeah i was like oh that's so funny <laughs> you're my you're my manipulator yeah. <laughs> 
it's uh, until I like take over and like lose my mind or it's, whatever. And yeah. you're so good in that too. My gosh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, you too. Oh man, because I got to hear a little bit of it, you like, when I was so doing cool. it. So I was like, this is great. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, JB was very much in my normal chamber, and it was just kind of like being able to get unhinged progressively was really. Yeah, cool. yes. <laughs> hopefully that'll come around in a way that we can watch it. Like, I yeah, hope that was so. that was a fun project, but. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good. Rob, I've taken up so much of your time. I would love to end on one yeah, quick final good, uh, thing that we do here. Is you've already given us yeah. a wonderful plethora of experiences you've had in your life, <laughs> but I love to ask people if there is an experience, maybe not related to the industry, maybe related to it, mm. life, family, friends, an experience you have that had an impact on you, whether like it was advice mm. or it was it changed you, it made you see things differently, um, that you would oh, feel yeah. sharing it with with. Uh, my audience here, our audience, and that For that sure. might get some value out of it. It doesn't have to, like I said, be related, but but um, yeah, you, it's whatever comes to mind uh, that bubbles to the top of the list. Yeah, no, I know, <clears throat> I I have actually the exact one, and it's uh it's one that I I actually got a tattoo on my leg for for this specific mm. story. Um, where, uh, almost ten years ago now. Um, I ended up getting a surgery on my knee for a uh, torn ACL and a meniscus. So it was a jacked up knee from years of martial arts. And um, <clears throat> at 30, I had good health insurance. So I was like, let me get this taken mm. care of. So I ended up getting to it, getting it taken care of. Uh, they fixed it up for me. So I was good. And um, while recuperating, I ended up uh, developing blood clots in my leg. <sighs> And I only found out because I ended up getting a pulmonary embolism. So what happened was the blood clot traveled from my leg, through my lungs, through my heart, and knocked me out for a couple of minutes. And uh, basically, from what I gathered, from what they told me when I went to the hospital, <clears throat> they were like, yeah, you had like a 10% chance of living. You're lucky that you're actually alive right now. Because people, people, people that go through that don't make it. Like, that's... Because they they were like, you know, blood clots have gone to people's lungs. They've never gone through their mm. heart. And your heart took a beating on this one. So after that happening and then being like, holy crap, I, I, I quite literally escaped death by the skin of my teeth strictly because I happened to be young and healthy. Um, that changed everything. That changed everything. And funny enough, that was also the year that I started uh, going into voiceover. Wow. And what is the tattoo you have symbolized? Uh, on my leg, I have a uh, memento mori, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a, it's a skull with a rose on top and an hourglass on the bottom to kind of just uh, say reminder to myself that um, at some point it's all yeah. over. And hopefully you can make the most of it before that time happens. And I was fortunate enough to dodge it once, and I'm going to try to make the most wow. out of it from now on. That's for damn, damn sure. That makes me emotional, so, yeah, man. So it's really um, interesting. I'm so happy you got uh, Wow. Dude, I'm very... That's a very... Yeah, that's a heavy thing, man. And uh, yeah. God, all my love to you about that. And I'm so happy Thank for you. Because here's another thing, too. I've been watching your, your journey through like fitness and stuff and seeing you quite literally transform and become yeah. this insane beast has been in inspirational to me through social media. So 
I you have given me awesome, you have given man. me encouragement, and I'm so happy for you about awesome. all that. And um, <clears throat> yeah, man, I'm yeah. wow, that's insane. That is insane. Wow, yeah, took my breath yeah, away. doing that kind of changed that changed that changed everything for me, man. It changed everything for me. It changed, uh, you know, especially having you know having my my two girls. You know, I had my two girls after that happened. Um, and now being able to spend as much time with them as possible is just the most important thing for me, um, which is wild to wrap my head around, <clears throat> you know, having lived my whole life and in their life in their slices of life that they've so far lived, they've only ever known me as an mm-hmm. actor. And I find that so incredible is that they get to grow up knowing me as the thing that I always wanted mm. to be. And to them, it was just every day. It was just dad. And I think that's kind of incredible, you know, that through their through their scope, I've always lived my dream. Yeah. And I think that's pretty amazing to kind of think about, like to see that reflection in them. They're like, holy crap, how cool is that? You wow. know, um, and then the fitness journey was just kind of, um, you know, it was hard to work out, you know, with the knee and figuring out what it is that I wanted to do. And there was a fear. There was a big fear, <clears throat> especially, uh, you know, with, with my heart, um, you know, making sure that I didn't push mm-hmm. myself too hard. I, I was just, I was just always scared and it didn't matter how many doctors told me, yeah, you can work out, you could do whatever you want, just yeah. do it. it. I still had to push past that fear. And then, um, yeah, it was, uh, 2020. Thank you. Pandemic, uh, that, uh, I decided to, uh, you know, just do something yeah. about it and, uh, and, and, and make a change. You know, there wasn't a, a health risk or anything, but I was a big guy and my doctor said, you should try to lose some weight if you can, you, you, you should, you know, just for your longevity, you have a family now. Um, so I did it and, uh, yeah, 120 pounds later, I'm still going. <laughs> Dude, still going. I'm uh, prepping to be a kickboxer, and, uh, and life is very different than it was three years wow. ago. I, I, I seriously cannot be more happy for you, and you, you couldn't you, be man. the more perfect person to receive such uh, blessings in your life, both Thank mentally, you, career-wise, physically, everything. I'm just really, really happy for you, and uh, it's been a real Thank pleasure you, to get to know you and hear more about you because, you, Thanks, like man. you said, I've heard your name so many times from Tom, everybody. It's just it's. <laughs> It's a real, real fun to to sit down with someone who I had an inkling we were very similar, and uh, my yeah, for sure. Correct. So, uh, Rob, Heck thank yeah. you so much for coming on here. Yeah, thank Twitter you, is that where people should be following you? To, uh, Absolutely, yeah. At Rob with two B's, Moreira V O. That's the easiest way to catch me. Worst case scenario, just Google Rob Moreira, and you'll see all my socials pop up. I'm pretty easy to find. Fantastic, it. dude. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get to meet in person sometime soon. Maybe at a con yeah, or something. Know. Who knows? Yes. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be fun. <laughs> or, or you know, maybe we do some group records if that comes back. Ever, I'm still oh, waiting that'd be so patiently. Nice. That'd be fun. But uh, I gotta make my way to LA. There's too many. Please, people I gotta, honestly, I gotta meet, the door is wide open. I'm gonna have like a forty. I'm gonna have like a forty person hangout. <laughs> there's so many of you guys that I know that I've never met in person. I'm like, we gotta all. Heck just yeah. Up. Well, please let me know if you ever do that. Uh, for real, oh, I yeah. would be more than happy to uh, help you learn a little bit about La La yeah. Land out here. Uh, yeah. I'd be so, <laughs> dude, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you have a great and fantastic awesome. rest of your day and all the continued success thank to you in your life, man. You really deserve it. Gosh, he is so similar to me.
I, another one of these people where I'm like, I, I feel like I'm talking to someone who I hung out with when I was a kid or another version of myself to a degree. I see so much similarity in our stories and our journeys, and there couldn't have been a better person to um, get a really popular role in these titles. Not to say that the things he's done he's done before Mika and Genshin Impact weren't equally as prolific and great in his acting and things. It's just certain titles get a lot of attention, and it's, it's really great when the right people get the right attention. Um, it, he's, uh, a wonderful person that looks out for other actors. Like we talk about a little bit. I've always been kind of, uh, passively consuming his, his content cause we hadn't known each other before this, but it's, uh, it's been a real treat. So, um, thank you, Rob. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, people dare to do things outside of the box cause you never know what kind of success it'll lead to. All right, another great episode here on the Points of Experience podcast. Like, subscribe, and all that great stuff. And I will see you all on the next one.